life over the last four or five weeks. And a, a, a similar theme, I want to talk about how we belong, you and I as believers, how we belong, where we belong. Because somewhere in our walk, we've got to decide and discover that we belong somewhere, that we actually fit somewhere, that God has placed us legitimately somewhere. You know, it was great last week because we had the four baptisms. That was nice. There's, there's four people saying that they belong in the family of God. You know, for us, we also say praise God because they belong in this family of God and we're stoked to do life with them. But just where do we belong? How do we know what part to play? Because everyone has a part to play. You know, we do that. We raise our kids to teach them that they've got a part to play within our own family structure. Sometimes it's a wrestle. Sometimes they pick it up really easy. But they've got a part to play. And I want to suggest that if we don't know the part that we play, you and I, and this is for the greater church as well, if we don't know the part that we actually play in the body, then it's possible, because we've got a lack of purpose or an unknowing, that we can drift. Drift here, there and everywhere. And you see that in church life across denominations all the time. People haven't discovered where they belong. They don't know what part they play in family, and so they drift. They go here, a couple of years later they go there, a couple of years later they go there, a couple of years later they go there. There's nothing wrong with shifting families and churches. Our own families grow as our kids grow up, get married, have kids, etc., etc. Like We all have seasons within a family where we belong. And sometimes that season continues elsewhere. But those that are continually drifting, I've said this here before, for those that are green thumbs, just pick one of your roses, one of your plants, and I just want you every two weeks to dig it up and plant it somewhere else. Just keep doing it. Do it for six months. Do it for three months if it lasts that long. Just pick it up and dig it somewhere and put it somewhere else. And then two days later, pick it up, dig it, put it somewhere else, and just see the life of that plant. There won't be much life left, yeah? Christians, we should be so full of life, shouldn't we? But we have to know where we belong. We have to know what our part is. So, God, have your way with that, all of that stuff today. May it speak to our hearts. May it encourage us. May we find truth, home, belonging in that. May we discover your heart, Lord, for family in that. And so have your way again, Holy Spirit have your way. You know, I think one of the important things of discovering where you belong and what your part is, is to use, I, I, I guess we would call them our serving muscles. You know, where do we serve in the house? Where do we serve in the family? Because sometimes it's in the walls, sometimes it's outside of the walls, but, but where do we serve? Now, I know that our devotional life is, our constant relationship with the Lord is our heartbeat. That's the most important thing but part of that is through serving, yeah? Part of that's through serving. And yes, we grow through learning. We, we, we grow as we study the word. We grow as we pray. But when we serve, when we practice, when we exercise and we stretch those, those spiritual muscles, we actually grow in that area as well. So there are Christians all over the world today that are missing an element to their faith. Because they don't know what part they play in the family that they're in. And so they haven't yet discovered where they belong. 
You know, there's, there's actually stats that say if people within a church begin to serve in some fashion, get involved in some group within the first two years of their journey, there's, a, there's statistics that show you that like 87% of those people remain in that church family. But in the first two years of someone visiting your church, if they're not involved somewhere, be it in a group or serving in some fashion within the first two years, yeah, most of those people, like we're talking in the, again, in the high 80% of people, they're off. See you later. Farewell. Goodbye. Because they haven't found a place where they belong. They haven't yet discovered their part in the family, their part in the house. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that when I got saved, when I became a Christian, I was welcomed, welcomed into the church that I got saved in. Uh, they, they taught me how to serve. They taught me how to give, you know. Um, they did a, a whole bunch of stuff because they, were, they wanted to make sure, one, that I was saved and one, that I knew that I was part of a family. And now 32 years later, those things like giving, serving, they've never, ever, and I don't, I don't boast in this, but those two things have never wavered in my 32 years of Christianity. And in my 32 years, I've been in three churches. And in three churches, I've always given. There has never, please hear me, there has never been a reason for me. I've not yet discovered a reason not to give into the house that I belong to. I don't care whether I got paid $10 and I tithe the dollar, whether I get paid 100 and I tithe one, whether I get paid 10000 and I give 1000 It doesn't matter. I have never found a place that I have not sown into and given because I was taught that I belonged to a family. And I've never found a place that I haven't served. Sometimes to the detriment of my own family. And so I'm glad as I have grown in age, I've also grown in some wisdom. Yeah, because I've always served in every church that I was in. There was always some facet somewhere that I could. At one place they had Christian radio. I got involved with their Christian radio. In another place... I got involved, I don't know why, with the financial board and eldership and then youth and young adults and I've always served, even in this house. Yes, I'm the pastor, Melanie and I, we pastor the church. doesn't mean I have to run a friendship group. I do enough already. But I, if others are going to give of their time and go, if others are going to give of their time and host, then I need to be able to do the same. Yeah? It's just where I serve. So we need to find out where, where we fit. And so I'm actually going to look at, at Corinthians um, chapter 12 today because it talks about the gifts in the body. And we have to discover that the whole body, even our church here, Family Life Church, there are gifts here in the body. There's giftedness throughout the body. And, and God has given gifts to the body of Christ, his church, on purpose, his decision, yeah? So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, it reads, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So that's just the platform to start with. We're going to go through a, a bunch of verses, but verse 27, I'm going to jump forward just for a second because I think it actually summarizes this whole chapter. Because verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ. That's us, right? You and I. We are the body of Christ. We are in the family of God. And it says, and some of you are a part of it. No. It says, and each one of you is a part of it. 
Each one of you is a part of it. There's nothing more frustrating when someone walks out the door and says, I don't know where I fit, I don't fit here. No, you do. You do you, actually, each one of you is a part of it, right? Jesus, I love that Jesus is mentioned here. You are part of the body of Christ. Jesus Christ. We're part of his body, yeah? So it's a good thing. It's all about Jesus. And Paul says, you, you and I are the body of Christ. Each one of us is a part of that family. So if you've got any confusion, if you weren't sure, if you've been, I guess, wrestling with some doubt, slap it down, right? Put it to death because Scripture tells you that each one, yeah, each one of you is a part of it. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but if you look around even our church and as you get to churches that have got more people, what you discover is there's abilities on top of abilities on top of abilities. There's churches that are full with awesome people that are full of awesome abilities. And I believe our church is one, exactly the same as all the others. But not only are there awesome abilities in the house, not only are there awesome abilities to those that find themselves watching and listening from home, but there's also awesome potential as well. There's potential in each and every one of us. Like, I think that's great because you might think you're doing good, but I just want to speak out some faith. There's potential in you for more. There's potential in you to be greater. Not because the church wants more, not because it wants to siphon your blood, but because the Holy Spirit's in you and the Holy Spirit makes you better, bigger, greater when we do things in Jesus' name. Amen? Paul writes that because... There's always more in the body of Christ. We even say, say at our board meetings that often, you know, we, we would rather someone designated, someone chosen, someone called that's the perfect fit for a youth ministry. We believe that'll happen. We could look outside, and sometimes we do, but I often feel that when the time's right, you often find what you need within the body of the Christ, within the life of the church. It just seems to work that way. You know, And we want to make sure as a church that everybody that calls Family Life Church home feels a part of it, knows that they're a part of it, actually accepts that they're a part of it, that goes away not unhappy that they were here, but goes away and, and says, man, I'm so glad that I actually went, spent some time with family today. I am glad that I'm part of that house. You know, we want to know that everyone knows and feels that they belong. You know, and everyone, that everyone knows the part that they play. And I guess that's the journey that we're on together. Two weeks, six months, two years, five years. We're constantly morphing, changing, being transformed into his likeness, finding places where we fit. I, mean, I love that thought. And the Apostle Paul's well aware of the talent within the Corinthian church that he's writing this. You know, this is no backward place because if God has given gifts to his church and in every church, big and small, there will always be servants of God. There will always be servants of all shapes and sizes. Unfortunately, people only see the musicians and the preacher and they think that's all there is. But pillars of the church are the administrators. They're the mercy givers. They're the, the prayers. They're the intercessors. You know, they're the ones that go around and they heal people when no one else knows. They cook up a meal that no one else knows. They're the pillars of the church, the servants of the church because they found a place where they belong and they know the part that they, they play and without having to be pushed or instigated or jump-started, they play it. But that's awesome. 
And that, that stuff is evident in Corinth. It's, it was obvious that it was evident in Corinth. And, and, and that's really the, the context of the chapter, that there's this group that are clearly and divinely arranged, that are full of abilities and talents, that God has assembled in his church. That's the context. You know, the thing about Corinth, it, it was one of the main thoroughfares. Um, I, I guess, to a degree, before the bypass, a little bit like Ballarat. If you had to go to Adelaide, you had to drive through Ballarat. I remember going to Adelaide in mum and, with my brother, mum and dad, in their HR. They had the big bench seats, didn't they? Yeah, I'm just thinking, right? And I remember that, that we used to put stuff down into the, the footwell in the back seat, and then my brother and I would have the, a couple of mattresses across that back bench seat, and we would just be lying down the whole trip, you know, eight hours, and, and we had to stop at Bakery Hill Maccas. Because you had to drive through it. You had to drive through Ballarat. There was no bypass then. Corinth is the same. It was a thoroughfare. It, if you had to go anywhere, you had to go through Corinth. It, it linked Asia Minor to Europe. It was one of the most important trade routes of the world at that time. I don't know if we could consider Ballarat as an important trade route. Certainly important for that McDonald's stop for two young boys though. But with Corinth, any harbour town has the issues of a harbour town. Think about it. You know, you get all the goods that come in on the boat. You get all the best spices from around the world for those that love cooking. And we know that we've got a budding chef who's making lasagna now, posting stuff all over social media. Lockie, if you want a lasagna, just get his recipe. He makes his own pasta. You know, we should clap Lockie for making his own pasta. He doesn't know what we're talking about, but we're just going to do that anyway. You get all the good stuff, but there's also the bad stuff. There's the drugs, there's the contraband, because there was travellers from all over the world. So it, it became very cosmopolitan, very, very cultured. That was Corinth, very worldly. What does that mean? It means there were a stack of distractions in Corinth for the church. Yet, the Corinthian church... There was a ton of people that were able, full of abilities, full of talents, full of gifts. And there was a ton of people that, that financially, they had great means. But there was also a bunch of distractions for them, you know. And I just think, if that was true for Corinth, then it's also true for the church in general. And if it's true for the church in general, then it's also true for Family Life Church. There are people here that are full of abilities, full of talent, full of potential. There are people here listening at home that are full of the means, the finances. But there is also, because of where we live, there's full of distractions that catch our eye and sometimes, unfortunately, catch our heart. Yeah? You know, God has arranged awesome abilities in every church. And in our church, I think we have incredible people. You know, I know sometimes you look over to the left and you think, <laughs> and you, you, know, you put your nose up. And you look to the right and you go, they're awesome. No, 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 none of you do that. It's just me, isn't it? Just the pastor who looks around and goes, they're awesome, they're awesome, they're awesome, they're awesome. Not so awesome. They're awesome, they're awesome. <laughs> oh, no, stop it, don't. We all have moments, yeah. We all have moments. But God has arranged wonderful people full of abilities in the house. And each and every one of us need to know that we belong where God has placed us. So when we look at other people, even if they look different, 
even if they've got different colour hair, even if they've got a six-pack and you don't, yeah? even if they've got hair and you don't, it doesn't matter. When you look at them, you know that God has placed them in this place on purpose. They belong here with the gifts and abilities and means and talents that they have. They're part of the family that God has purposed. So we need to understand who the body of Christ is. And that's us, you and I. We are the body of Christ, you and me. And that each one of us has a part to play. You know, one of the things that I mentioned before about the AGM that was really lovely was that people were just sharing about the church and what people had been doing. People playing their part. I just, I love that. It was so cool. Yes, we have a care team and between Sally and others, they organise. If we hear someone's unwell, can we do a meal? Can we send flowers? You know, we've got all that. But there are so many people that are doing stuff without being asked. And some of that was coming up at, coming out and coming up at the AGM. You know, I, I, I love the fact that we're, we're here because God has placed us here. We're here because we have abilities and talents and we belong to a house of God. You know, people serve in kids' church, not just because they have kids, but because they want to be a part, you know, and they want the parents to be able to sit without having to nurse their children for another hour and a half, two hours. You know, we, we have people that do that, put their hand up to do that. Not everyone can do that. Some people bake, some cook, some greet at the door. Not everyone we know, not everyone can greet at the door, can they? You don't want someone that looks like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, infected by some alien at the door saying, hello, you know, it's not everyone can greet at the door. You know, we, we do look for those that have got the best smiles and that are happy when they shake your hand, not looking like they're about to rob you. You know, not everyone can surf at the door. Just like not everyone can do the barista stuff. Imagine paying three bucks. You know, sorry, let me rephrase that for those that are watching at home. Donating $3 for a coffee, right? And you get it. You ever got a coffee from a shop? You're taking a sip. You've walked out the door, dropped it in a bin. I do that. It, it sends my wife insane. The last thing, you don't want that to happen in church. Like, if anything's right in church, it should be the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and coffee, yeah? So we train our baristas on purpose, on purpose, because, you know what, everyone has an ability, everyone has a talent, everyone has a part to play, Yeah? And so we want to make sure that when we discover those things together, we put the people in the right place because they belong in the house. So you and I are the body of Christ, but the other thing that we've got to understand about spiritual gifts is spiritual gifts are connected to conversion in Jesus. Spiritual gifts are connected to being saved. You cannot hear me, right? You can't have a spiritual gift if you're not connected to Jesus because then it wouldn't be spiritual, yeah, right? I know, I know some of that theology is just, you know, just throwing people out. The mathematics of that is freaking you out. But you can't have a spiritual gift without being spiritual. You can't have a spiritual gift without actually having a relationship with Jesus. So part of this and part of Corinthians is you need to know the part that you play, where you belong. Once you discover where you belong, then you and I are part of his body, part of his church, that we each have a part to play, that we have gifts because we're saved. If you're not saved, come and speak to me later. We can talk about it. We can talk about the journey that you're on. We can talk about baptism. We can talk about a whole bunch of things. Yeah. So many churches do all sorts of stuff to find out where people fit. You know, 
Enneagrams. Who's heard of Enneagram? Yeah, my daughter loves her Enneagram stuff. It sort of tells you the personality that you have and that way you know how to act with people of a different personality. It's like doing a disc profile to work out who you are. At the end of the day, that means nothing if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah? You can find out exactly who you are, how you operate, but unless you know who you are in God, unless you know that you've got a relationship with Jesus, yeah, then it, it matters not what your talents are because they're just talents that you were given at birth, but your spiritual gifts only, you only operate in spiritual gifts because you're a spiritual man and woman and that happens at salvation, at conversion. You know, John 15.5 says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. In other words, your spiritual gifts come upon salvation when you're connected to Jesus as the vine. Yeah? Things start to flow from that point. And so you've got this Corinthian letter that's written and that's the, the backdrop that there's awesome gifts in the body of Christ that if you're going to work in spiritual gifts that you've been given, you need to realise that that's connected to being converted, being saved in Jesus. So in other words, you, you need Jesus. But 1 Corinthians 12, from verse 2, gets a little bit strange. <laughs> and so, just really quickly, verse 2 and 3 says, You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God, remember you're converted, you're saved, says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So in the context of the talents and abilities in the church here today, sometimes you know there are people, maybe it's you, maybe it's me, maybe we've had times where we've wondered what church is all about. I can tell you this, it's not about me. It's not about the front, it's not about preaching, it's not about the pulpit, it's not about any of the stuff that goes with church life, it's not about programs, personalities, it's all about the person Jesus, full stop. Church is all about the person Jesus and nothing else. It's not about the show, it's not about the lights, it's not about the smoke, it's not about having a big band, loud music, big buildings, it's, not, it's nothing about, it's none of that. It's only and solely about the person Jesus, because Jesus has done a work in you and I, Amen. It's Jesus who's done a work in every person that is part of the church family. So when you've got this passage that says, therefore I want you to know no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus because maybe, just maybe, there are, there are some times, and it could be somebody watching and listening at home, who knows, but maybe there are times where we may not be cursing God like the Scripture said, but maybe we've had moments where we do say things against God and we get angry with God. Why? Because sometimes life just sucks. Sometimes life is so hard that you can't help. Yeah? But say, hey God, man, what the heck is going on here? I can't take any more of this. I, I, just, I seem to speak more and more with people out in the community and the family knows I love my Xbox, yeah, and I've got a, a bunch of friends on Xbox. And more and more, as one person comes into our group, it's unbelievable how, how I seem to uncover their brokenness, that they were brought up in faith and not sure if God was real. They've been through all of this heartache. And so, you know, why would God do that? You know, why would he let me be brought up like that? Why would he let me look, go through that stuff? 
We may not be cursing, but sometimes life can be so tough. And I, I just want to say, I understand that. Psalms itself, when you read Psalms, Psalms gives you a permission to, to enter into some of that dialogue. But the reality and truth is that we can't forget that we're not God. And we can't forget that, that if it wasn't for him, we'd be lost in sin. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have a relationship with him. And, and he's totally holy. What that means is sometimes, rather than those, per, those people in verses 2 and 3, when life's not going our way, yes, we can say, God, I don't get it. Why do you allow this to happen? Blah, blah, blah. We can have those moments. But we, you and I, if we know that we're a part of the family of God, we have to be able to get to a place where we say, you know what? I don't understand but I trust you. I don't get it. It hurts deeply, but I trust you. I've lost a loved one. I've lost a mum. I've lost a dad. I've lost a child. I don't get it. It's not right. Not at this time. It hurts too much. Why would you let me go through that? But I'm going to trust you. You're no less God in the valley. He's holy all the time. Yeah? It's okay for us to say, hey God, I don't get it. But we have to step into a place that says, you know what? I now give over my, uh, my right to understand so that I can have the peace that comes from you because I don't get it in this moment. Because if we can't do that, we end up cursing. If we can't do that, we end up as people that walk away and say, you know what, I don't think God's real. I don't believe in him anymore because of everything that I've experienced. But you know what? What we experience isn't God. What we experience is life and it ebbs and flows, ups and downs. You know, maybe for some, maybe they're not cursing God. Maybe they're just blaming him. Maybe they're angry at him. Maybe it's one person. That's just blaming God. Who knows? You know, you feel that life's been unkind, it's unfair, and, so, and often it has. The world can be really cruel. But I just want to encourage us all, no matter the season we're walking through, to put our trust in God. Amen. To put our trust in Him. Because when we do that, we actually move from death to life. We move from a place of death and bitterness to life. And praise and peace in Him. You know that passage in verse two and three also says, "No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit." It means the Holy Spirit, when we're saved, works inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit that stops us cursing. It's the Holy Spirit that moves us to a place to say, "God, I don't get it." I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I hate it. I hate what I'm going through. But I trust you. God, if you could take this cup from me, but not my will, yours. So yes, we need to believe in Jesus, but we, you and I, we've got to allow Holy Spirit to not only begin a good work in us, but also to continue and finish that work. Amen. You know, there's so many problems in the world so much stuff that goes on around us and all I hear often over and over again is what is God doing about that? What is God doing about that? That's what he did about that. 
sent his son Jesus about that. What's he doing with all the stuff that's breaking down around the world? What's he doing about that? Sent his son Jesus. He did, he did everything that he could. Jesus is the answer to all the problems in the world, full stop. Sometimes our miracle... Oh, man, it's not even my notes. Sometimes our miracle, the thing that we want, that we desire, is so close, but we can't see it, we can't feel it, because we're in the valley. And in the valley, we're like, we're crawling through. It's like, I can't, man, this is the worst time, you know? And God's saying, the healing's right there. Healing's right there, but to get the healing, it's like, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't, in this space, I, I, I'm giving up. I'm going to move on. I can't, you know, well, it just needs us to say, but I'm just going to trust in you. And all of a sudden, as we put our hands up, as we say, in this place of brokenness, where I don't get it, all of a sudden, healing comes. All of a sudden, peace comes. All of a sudden, the stuff that we don't understand seems to, understanding seems to come because we've chosen in a moment to reach out and stretch out to him. Instead of mourning like those who mourn who have no hope. Because when we mourn, when we've got a grievance in our pain, we still have Jesus. And Jesus is our hope. Yeah? A hope of an eternity. We know that we're going home with the Father. We know the stuff that we go through here is only temporary. We're only sojourners passing through. Just have to align our and twist and fix our focus. The Corinthian church was full of stuff that would rob them of faith, that kept them far away from God. They had false gods. They had false idols. They, they had habits and addictions that grabbed hold of their soul. But somehow the Apostle Paul preaches to them and a whole bunch of them become a part of the family. A part of the family, a fellowship with heaps of problems, Yet they were washed and they were baptised and God worked on their character and he did a work in them in and amongst all of the tribulation and the troubles that they found around them. So you've got this giftedness of the body. You've got this, our gifts come because we're saved. But they only work because of Jesus and the church. This is really important to understand because if I was to ask you a question, can you see the gifts that are in the body? Have you ever looked around and looked at different people's faces, even in Family Life Church? For those that are watching at home, you don't get to see all the faces. But have you ever looked and thought, I wonder what gift lays inside of them that God wants to birth, that God wants to blossom, that God wants to bring to fruition? Even looked around the church and said, oh man, it would be so good if we had one, two, three, four, seeing the needs of the church. If you and I have been saved, we're all part of the body. We're all part of the church. We all have gifts and talents. We just need to discover that we have been placed here by God for a purpose, for a reason. That you're part of the body. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. So it is with Jesus. Right here, there's an intimate connection, yeah, between Jesus and the church. There's an intimate connection with... I hate... 
I know it's a strong word. I vehemently hate. I passionately hate people who hate the church. Don't hate them personally. I, I, I hate their theology. I do not approve of we can be Christian, but we don't have to belong anywhere. When they say they don't have to be in church, what they're saying is we don't need to belong anywhere. Are you, are you kidding? Do you not read the scripture? Don't you know what burns inside of you? God has given you gifts, many gifts, many parts, but it forms one body. So it is with Jesus. So he puts you in a body to use your gifts for those that are around you, not for you, you selfish person. <laughs> Someone's going to get really upset with me. There's an intimate connection between Jesus and the church and we have to see it. You, you can't separate it. You, you cannot separate it. Yet so many try to separate the two all the time. We don't have to go to church. I'm okay with God. God's my buddy. I've got my four or five Christian mates. We're good. That's fantastic. That's awesome. I'm glad you've got a fellowship. Then what? Then, then what? You know, I, I, I can stay away from church because I've got a faith in God. I, you know what? There's so much good stuff online. I can watch online. In fact, one of my favourite churches to watch online is Family Life Church. They're awesome. And then just, just, only just behind them, Stephen Furtick and the gang. Why are you laughing? Yes, there's great stuff online. But you were created. God had purposed you to belong in a family somewhere and it's given you abilities and talents so that you know that you're a part of that place. Oh, I can stay in my pyjamas. Come to church in your pyjamas. Legitimately, for those at home, I don't care. If you're willing to wear your PJs out, I'm not going to judge. I'll laugh, but I won't judge. No, we don't need the church. You don't need the church. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. How can you hate the church? Oh, you know, but when it talks about the ecclesia, it doesn't... Oh, my goodness. You're missing God's heart altogether. You're stuck in words. You, you, you've missed who God is. Man, God didn't even do anything without Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And even then, he wanted more. Why are we working opposite to God? God has the three and then he goes, I want more, let's create man. We go, we, you know what? We're good with God, we don't need more, we're going to go by ourselves. The body, they've not understood the message that's being preached. We need right relationship with Father God and right relationship with each other. They go hand in hand. You know, verses 13 and 14 of Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12 says, For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Man, you're not drinking of a different Kool-Aid, as they would say, than I am. We're drinking of the same stuff. How can there be such a division? Yes, there are differences in the people. You're better looking than him. He's better looking than you. I'm better looking than you. I had to throw that one in there. You've got a better body than what I have. I have better hair. All that sort of stuff. There are differences in the people. But they've all, and we've all been given one spirit. We drink of that same spirit. 
Even so, the body's not made up of one part, but many. There's so many of us. It's our variety. It's our difference. It's our strength. And then verse 27, that summary verse says, now you're the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So, so the story is there's a variety of gifts in the Corinthian church, but also in our church and in the greater church. You know, and once we've come to know Jesus and that we're a part of the body, we actually start to accept that, yes, you know what, we are a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood and we all have a part to play. So how, how do we fulfill this mission? How do, we, how do we do this stuff? Because gifts belong together. Gifts belong together. Verse 4 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirits distributed. Different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. They, belong, they actually belong together. Different gifts, the same spirit in the body, in the church, in the family. And God has determined that our gifts belong together for the common good. Man, for the common good. I am so glad. For those that don't love church and hang out with their five and six. But their five and six or twelve don't equate for me to a common good. But you know those that pick on the mega churches? Man, all I know is this. The mega churches, whether you like them or not, are doing a phenomenal work for the common good. Yeah? Using the gifts, abilities and talents that God has placed inside of them. How dare any of us point the finger at a part, any part of the body of Christ? Man, look at the time. Flipping heck. I'm just like, I'm going through, can't do that. No, don't do that. Got to continue next week. I'm going to finish with this because of the time. I, 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 will, I might jump into the rest of it next week. The, the passage in Corinthians starts to talk about the different parts of the body, yeah? Starts to talk about the feet, the ears, you know, the the eyes. In fact, I think it's um, you know Paul just trying to be funny, to be honest, because you know now the foot can't say because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, and you know it's like Paul's imagining talking to each separate body part. You know, verse fifteen, and if the ear should say. If the ear should say, that means as he's writing, you've got to understand how a writer works. They've got to imagine. He's now imagining a talking ear. He's either a man of God or a Looney Tunes. <laughs> Think about it. Now, if the ear would say, I can't even draw an ear with a mouth talking, can you? But that's why I say Paul, I think Paul's really funny. But what he's trying to say when he says, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. What's he trying to say? He's saying, he's saying that you cannot say, you cannot say, hey, just because I'm different, I'm not part of the body. Just because I'm different, I don't fit here. Uh-uh, bad luck, no deal. John Bevere puts it beautifully, right? When it starts talking about, well, that just went up really quick. When he starts talking about parts of the body, he, he uses a really poor example, but it's half decent. He goes, so often in life you hear, particularly men, if there's a, a fine, good-looking woman walking around, that they might say, that is a beautiful pair of legs. Is that fair? Is that fair? You may say that, you, some of you may have said that when I was in my shorts last week, 
get baptizing the people. Some of you may have said, mate, Pastor Battistella, that is what magnificent pair of legs. I get that. I totally get that. But you know what you never hear? You never hear this. Well, Luke, that is an awesome kidney you got. I say, oh, let, Roz, man, I, I, I love your liver. What a beautiful liver you have. Yeah, you tell me what's more important because I can live without legs. But I cannot live without a kidney. Well, I don't think I can because I've got another one. So 50-50 chance. I don't think I can live without a liver if you know where I'm going, yeah? There is stuff in the body that we cannot see that's so important. So even those that have got the lesser gifts are more important than those that have got the visible legs and the microphone. Yeah, we are one body together. We just need to know where we fit. We need to know that we've each got a gift, an ability, a talent, a means that helps us to fit into the body where we're at, yeah? Why don't we stand, please? We are servants of the Most High, and everybody matters in his kingdom. Everybody matters. So if I'm surrendered to him, I want to make sure that the body works healthily. Amen? If you and I are surrendered to him, we want to make sure that the whole body works healthily. And if we're operating in the spirit, then the body of Christ, his family, we are going to function well together. Yeah? We'll look at some more next week. But for now, let's pray. Amen? Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have placed us in this house. For those that are watching at home, God, they may be part of another family. I thank you that you have placed them in their house. I thank you, Lord, that you have placed each and every one of us full of abilities and talents and gifts and means that have been given by you. I thank you that we have spiritual gifts because we're saved. And I thank you now, Lord, in this place, Lord, as part of your body, as the body of Christ, with gifts that you've endowed and poured out upon us, I thank you, Lord, that we can actually live a life together, knowing that we belong, knowing that we have, Lord, a belonging in the house because of the things that we can actually give to it. I thank you for every face, every, every person, God, every hand, every foot, every kidney, God, every liver that comes to Family Life Church and calls his place home. Lord, more and more I pray that they would discover with every waking moment a sense of belonging in this house. I thank you for the family we are, the family that we are continually becoming. Lord, and I thank you, God, for the ability that we have to open our doors and welcome others into this space and place. Lord, we thank you for today. We give you all the glory. And all these people said, Amen. Amen. Let's have a great Sunday. We'll put one of those gifted baristas behind the counter so you can get a real coffee. Um, and apart from that, we'll talk soon in Jesus' name.